You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy Monday, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. That's good. You know, Sundays, right, which is actually when we record this, there's really not a lot that goes on. Yeah, it's a bit of a news blackout over the weekends. It is. And there's nothing going on, at least on this side of the pond, except protests. That's all that's going on. Of course, you wouldn't know that if you were watching the mainstream media, unless they do put up the occasional headline, couple of hundred COVID skeptics showed up over here, nothing to be worried about. Estimates are today that there are around 1 million people, roughly, that's a couple of different places, independent places that are reporting that, around 1 million people in Berlin. The problem is, is that, well, see, protesting in Berlin is now illegal. So I guess you've got one million lawbreakers out there. Well, the, the, the gall of those people. Some media outlets were reporting yesterday 150,000 people in Paris. 100, 150,000 people? Did that look like 150,000 people to you, Bruce? Uh, I mean, on the very low end, uh, 150,000. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. 150,000 people nationwide is what they said in the entire oh. country of France. Um, no, it was way more than that. Just in Paris. Mm -hmm. So they're saying that, well, this is this is what they're saying. Uh, 150 towns and cities on Saturday, roughly 150,000 protesters for 150 towns. Do you believe that? That means a thousand a thousand protesters per town, uh -uh. Um, including Paris, uh -uh. Yeah, including, including Marseille, Paris, no, including Toulouse, no. including yeah. Lyon. No, no, I don't think so. Including Nice, I, I I don't think so. But I think the uh, I think the numbers are a lot higher than what they expected out there in the streets. And to be honest, when you start looking at a lot of the footage, and if you're subscribed to us on Telegram, we have a lot of that footage up there. Those protesters, they don't look like they're burning businesses down. That, that, that's not what no. that looks like. I, no. I, I don't think they're burning. I don't I don't think they're burning down businesses. I don't think they're beating each other up. Are they? Mm -mm. They're not getting in in scuffles no. and tussles and knockdown dragouts and everything. Uh, they're not beating on police officers, are they? No. No. Now, I'm not. Um, I'm not one to. Uh, well, um, I guess instigate problems here, but um, it looks to me like the police are starting a lot of that on purpose because yeah. everything's nice and peaceful until they decide they're going to turn water cannons on. They're going to start wailing on protesters. There, there was one clip that we watched. The cop just hauls off and, and smacks this guy for no reason. No reason. Mm -hmm. And then the guy pushes back on the cop, rightfully so, and the cop starts doing the little swing in his dukes thing, you know, like you're a boxer or whatever. Yeah. It's like, dude, uh, you're the one that just did that. The hell's wrong yeah. with you? And there's vi like there's clear video of it. And then the cop next to him decides he's going to he's going to put pepper spray all over everybody. They're trying to provoke people into an actual response to where people actually go back up against the police. Then they're justified at coming back on you. That's all they're doing at this point. They're trying to bait you into a physical conflict. See, they don't have anything else. Right. Everything else is, is failing on its face. Now they need to go to some kind of kinetic thing. We saw today 
that the U.S. State Department is accusing the, the Iranians of attacking one of our ships. And the State Department has released a statement this afternoon saying that, well, they won't tolerate it. They just will not tolerate it. Uh, and there will be some kind of repercussions. See, they need a physical conflict of some kind. They need it. Uh, th they need something to, to shift. They've got to pivot. And they're, they're not able to pivot just yet. They need to move. Do you know, I heard Trump giving his speech last week and he said, whatever it was, was it, was it CPAC or the Free Freedom Center or whatever, or Freedom Caucus or what? I don't know. It was one of those yeah, things. Whatever right? it, was. it was down in Arizona, yeah. whatever it was. And he said, the Green New Deal, right? People have been complaining about how there's too many cows or too many, you know, too much livestock, this and that, whatever, right? That's what they're saying. This, see, this goes to a larger point. You ask, okay, well, what are you talking about? Because you're talking about the protests in, in Europe and then you're moving on to that. So what's that got to do with anything? They haven't told you. I'm talking about the elites and all the pharma companies and Klaus Schwab and company. The mask is about 95% off, right? They haven't told you why they're doing this yet, have they? They haven't told you that. I mean, we know why they're doing it. We read their own white papers, them sitting there talking about it. Hell, they talk about it on their own websites. They're not hiding it. It's out there in the open. But see, you're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you say these are modern day Nazis. Oh, no, that's, uh, you're a lunatic. You're a lunatic. No, you don't know what you're talking about. They haven't told you. See, there, there's some kind of sick code that these people have. They have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. Right. There's just something about that. They just they've got to. Uh, don't ask me what it's all about. It's just the way that they are. But they haven't told people yet, have they? They're still pushing this COVID nonsense, right? There's this whole narrative of COVID, COVID, COVID. Oh, you got to get vaccinated because of COVID. All the people that are going into the hospitals, not dying, a lot of them, but a lot of people that are going into the hospital sick are double jabbed. That's been going on for a month. Now the data is so massive and the evidence is so much out in the open that they're just coming out and saying it now. Yeah, 75% uh, of people... Uh, are going into the hospital with COVID and 50% are in, uh, that are going to the hospital here have COVID and they've all been vaccinated. This governor's uh, staff has tested positive for COVID and they've all, they've all been double vaccinated. They're not going to be able to hide that much longer. So they need to change. What did Trump say in his statement when he was up there on stage? He said, they're talking about too many cows causing greenhouse emissions, CO2 emissions or whatever under the Green New Deal, right? Well, we know that Klaus Schwab and company and these major foundations like Rockefeller and, and the United Nations and, and all the rest of it, the, which, by the way, that's where the United Nations came from. If you don't believe me, look up who gave the United Nations the piece of property to build the building on. That'll tell you all you need to know. But they all say the same thing. Climate change, right? Yeah, the carbon crackpots. Yeah, that's what I call them. The carbon crackpots. That's what they are. But Trump said, you just watch. Next, they'll say people. They need to get rid of people. They've been saying cows. They've been saying... Uh, livestock, right? Because of CO2, it's for the earth, right? Green New Deal, yeah. It'll be people next, you watch. They need to tell you what they're going to do. They haven't told people yet. They will tell people at some point, yes, it's, uh, yeah, we're, it, this is about thinning the herd, if you will. It's for the earth, right? It, you're killing the planet. It's for the earth, right? It's for your own good. Yeah, it's to save our future. Uh-huh. Yeah. But see, they need to bait everybody into a physical conflict first. They need some kind of cover in order to kind of gently push that little thing in there, which those people that are out there in the streets, most of them already know that, at least I think. Otherwise, they wouldn't be out there. God knows they're not taking a jab. So at least some of them knows that all this isn't right. And what's happening now is you've got people of all different races, colors, creeds, banners and all the rest of it joining these protests now, too. We saw rainbow flags. Yeah, we saw LGBT flags mm -hmm. in there. 
No, no, see, that's the group right there that needs to be involved with the cult. They don't need to be taking part in the uh, in the protests against the state. Now, that's a no-no. And especially now, guess what they've announced today? Well, actually, it's not today. It's, <laughs> it's been the uh, last 24 hours in Europe. See, there's going to be that third one. People here are demanding... This is according to Pfizer, though. People here are demanding uh, a third booster. That They're demanding it. So uh, as a result, they've had to raise their prices. Pfizer and Moderna, they've had to raise their prices uh, on the vaccine because people are demanding it, you see. The, the, the demand is so high. Um, but last I checked, the ones paying for the vaccine is taxpayers. So yeah, if you're so. helping people, why are you pr- uh, price gouging? Well, d- but see, it's, it's for you. Yeah, they're doing it for you. Not for me. No, I ain't touching the thing. Hmm. We're in the process of doing some more research into some information that we found behind the scenes. What we can do about that, unfortunately, we can't talk about it because it's behind. A, or we can't play it because it's from behind a paywall. But what we can do is we can verify everything that's in there, and then we can speak on it. That's what we can do. So we'll work on that this week because that that is huge. That is important. Uh, so we'll we'll get into that this week. Fully vaccinated people represent over fifty percent of cases and hospitalizations in several regions. That is weeks after the CDC stopped tracking breakthrough cases. They quit tracking that stuff. Well, now you don't need any of that stuff. No, that's no you you don't need any of that. Uh, a CDC spokesperson told NBC News that the agency stopped comprehensively tracking breakthrough cases in May. Well, it's easy because you just dial the PCR test down to what they were supposed to be dialed down to. And guess what? You didn't find anything. Seems simple enough. Bloomberg recently gathered data from several states and has identified at least 111,748 breakthrough cases through the end of July. And of course, now we're hearing, oh, yes, there's the Delta variant, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're going to play that. Then they're going to go through Lambda. Then they're going to go through what was Epsilon, another one or or whatever. Uh, They'll go through that one. Yeah. And one of the, uh, not Dr. Navarro, but Dr. David Navarro, not Peter Navarro, different guy. Uh, Dr. David Navarro from the World Health Organization himself said, it's inevitable. Yeah, you're going to go through all of these variants. It's inevitable, right? It's inevitable. You're going to go through all of them. Listen. That issue of variants is what we are watching uh, all over the world. They are going to go on coming. We will go from Delta to Lambda and then on to the other Greek letters. Uh, That's inevitable. And some of these variants will be troublesome. They will be able to break through the vaccine-related protection in a few people, uh, and that will cause problems. Uh, I'm basically saying variants are going to go on coming. That's part of life. We need to pick them up fast. We need to move quickly if we see them in in a certain location. And we need to build the management of variants into what we call our COVID ready strategy, uh, which is going to right. be the pattern for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, they need to build that, right? They need to build that strategy and that infrastructure in everything that they're going to plan going forward. They need to do that. And to be fair to his argument a bit, um, if this were a normal disease, he's not wrong when it comes to variants. Like that that's a normal trend when it comes to viruses. They mutate. So that part of his argument is true. But see, here's the thing. I was listening to an interview just just yesterday from 
uh, one of the guys uh, that had a hand in developing uh, this mRNA vaccine, right, had a hand in it. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone, I believe his name is, who's on Steve Bannon's podcast. And he basically laid it out. Now, mind you, this uh, this guy's not an anti-vax or anything like that. You know, he's if anything, he's the opposite of that. And he made that proclamation. He says, look, I'm pro-vaccine. He says, if there's a such thing as an anti-vaxxer, I'm 180 degrees in the other direction. He says, that's where I'm at. So he was not an anti-vaxxer. He's not anti-science or anything like that. However, he's talking about how science is now becoming a religion. Medicine is now becoming a religion with these people because real science and and real data and, and things like that, all that's been thrown out the window, all of it. Now they're just involved in like this groupthink cult-like mentality. But his point was simply this. We're entering what's now called, and here, here's this. Here's the creepy part about it. We're entering what is now called the worst case scenario, is that people that are contracting and basically creating uh, COVID are the double jab ones. That's the problem. And so now they think that, by, and when I say they, I'm talking about like the, you know, the governments and the medical establishment and all the rest of it and the pharma companies, they think that they're now going to be able to, quote, vaccinate their way out of this problem that they themselves caused. When in reality, what they're going to do is they're going to create the bigger problem. They're going to create the other mutations and the other uh, whatever by all of these booster jabs. They're going to cause that. And that would explain some of the headlines that we're seeing out of uh, like what Sage is saying now, right? They said just the other day, they met the other day, expert panel said that, where is it? Here it is. Expert panel said the next COVID variant could kill up to one in three. Now, how is that possible? If the first one didn't do that, how's that possible? Viruses mutate downward. They They mutate to where... They're more violent, but less deadly. Yes. Yes, you're right. That's the traditional way of doing things. However, these are not traditional methods that they are now using. His argument was, Dr. Malone's argument was, is that rather than just leave things alone, you're going to provoke an even more fatal outcome, speaking in, in the broader picture here, not not just in, in an individual, when it relates to this, quote, <clears throat> pandemic, you're going to create a bigger problem by forcing more vaccinations and disrupting people's natural ability to fight things. And so now what you're going to do is by the people that are going to have the adverse reactions, the vaccinated people that are going to have the adverse reactions, you're going to cause the mutations amongst them. That was his argument. Potentially. I mean, um, if you look at uh, bacteria, for example, um, I know it's a little different than viruses, but um, just for the sake of argument, bacteria, because of our overuse of antibiotics, bacteria are becoming more resistant to it. And we actually have bacteria and fungus even that is all but immune to all types of known uh, antibiotics. So, uh, I mean, theoretically, I guess that could be plausible. Uh, what are you saying? Just coming from layman's, you know, mm -hmm. somebody that's an armchair mm -hmm. researcher. Well, the the thing that's the thing that's concerning to me is, you know, because I, I sit here every day and I, I think to myself, man, are we really on the right track? You know, I, I really ask myself that. I'm like, are we really on the right track? But then I listen to a lot of these people that have been thrown out, right? That, that guy's being called a, uh, an anti-vaxxer, an anti-science, a conspiracy theorist, a, a loony and, and everything, right? All the names, right? He's, he's being called that. And he's not he's none of those things. But this comes out now. The Sage advisors in the UK, they're saying that um, the UK's vaccine rollout may even speed up this emergence. Well, um, so you're going to keep doing it? I mean, I listen to these people and I think, all right, 
we're on the right track, right? When I listen to guys like Dr. Michael Yaden and, and, and others like him, that tells me that we're on the right track. At the same time, at the same time, I hear of people in the scientific community and in the medical community that buy all this stuff in the mainstream media hook, line, and sinker. Now, what perplexes me the most is I'm having trouble. See, I like to figure things out, right? I, I'm, I'm a puzzle kind of person. I, I like to piece things together, and I like looking at paper trails and stuff like that. What perplexes me the most about this is I'm looking at the other side of things. I'm not looking at why that doctor or that scientist is taking a, a vaccine or, or whatever. I, I don't I don't care why they're doing that, right? That's their business. What I'm concerned about is how it's been done to get those people to that point that they believe that lie. That's what I've been trying to figure out. That's perplexing me the most. I'm looking at that picture rather than whatever it is they're doing for the sake of convenience. I want to know what's actually caused people to think that way. I mean, this is th this is creepy what they're doing to people. I don't know if it's a combination of the social media, the mainstream media, uh, the radio. I, I don't know. I don't know. All I can tell you is I don't watch any of that stuff. I don't listen to any of that stuff. Maybe that's it. You know, I'm not on social media. I haven't been for a, for a long time. I, in fact, I was never really on it, but it's a side issue. I don't watch the television. Actually, we look more at the mainstream media here because we want to disprove what they're saying. We want to we want to cut through the lies. We want to connect the dots and piece things together and actually get things on the right track, right, for ourselves. So we can put all this stuff together because I know that people are busy, so we want to put things together so you don't have to. And you can think for yourself. That's the most important thing is that you think for yourself. You watch the television, you, you go on social media, you're not thinking for yourself. You're not thinking at all. So I wonder, are we on the right track? You know, I, I think we are. I think we are. But at the same time, like I said, there's there's other things that I'm dealing with. Like I said last week, pretty much every person I know is double jabbed with the exception of a few. They didn't listen. The only thing I can tell you is that those people that didn't listen, they are listening, but they're not listening to people like us. They're listening to the TV. They're listening to social media. They're all on social media. All of them. I don't know what it is. You got your your cute little sticker, your banner, what, whatever it was. You thought you were a hero. And now you've been deceived. But the problem is, is that they don't even realize it yet. So I don't know. I, I want to know the psychological manipulation. That's that part right there I'm having issues with. All right, maybe, maybe that's it. I don't, I don't know. But there's something that's happened to people. That's I, I mean, the, the thing is, is we haven't moved, right? We haven't moved. I, I haven't changed my stance on anything. But everybody else has. Because I remember these are the same people that were telling me in the very early days of this, oh, God, don't even get involved in the, the hype of that stuff. Forget it. What's wrong with you? Right? Stay away from that crap. You know, I'm not taking part in this. Those idiots. Okay. These are the same people that are now jabbed. So what's happened? What's happened? I, honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised in one sense, because um, uh, to use an example again, uh, relationship stuff, it's not uncommon for uh, someone to return to a relationship or stay in a relationship that's abusive. They, they get Stockholm Syndrome, essentially, and they, they uh, side with their abuser. And in fact, they may even fall in love with their abuser. So it's no surprise that we're seeing society as a whole fall in love with their abuser. Uh, the very people that are telling you that you're the unwashed masses, you have to mask up and socially distance because you're filthy and you're stupid because you're not taking a vaccine fast enough. For some reason, those same people that are doing that, society's jumping on board and saying, these are our heroes. So, I mean, looking at it from a relationship standpoint, eh, it's no surprise. Uh, it, it, it's simple psychology, I guess. We, we've seen them start getting into the psychological warfare game since, what, World War II? I mean, that's when they really started doing it. And it's only ramped up over the years. So 
I mean, technically, if you want to look at the political side of things and the way they try to manipulate people, they've been doing it since our foundation. I mean, if you look at some of the stuff, politicians that were running that were good friends that were help write the Constitution. I mean, they were there discussing it and the, the, the kind of rhetoric that they were throwing at each other was basically saying that, uh, like, your kids are all going to die if you elect this person or, you know, something completely absurd. And you would be a fool to believe it's no different today. Same thing. <laughs> you know, I remember when uh, Barry Goldwater was running for president. Well, I mean, I, I remember the time period. It was long before my time. But I, I remember the, the political ads. I remember going back and, and studying the political ads. And I remember seeing them in school about how people would be manipulated by political ads, right? Political campaigns. And it started out with this girl, right? I, I think this is up on YouTube. I, I think it's still up there. I did look for it one time and it was still there. It was this little girl mm -hmm. that was standing in a meadow and she picks a flower and she says, you know, whatever the, you know how you say when you're picking the petals off or whatever it was. I, I can't remember the rhyme, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's a rhyme. Uh, and as she's picking the petals off, now mind you, this is in the middle of the Cold War, okay? So the threat of nuclear annihilation from the Soviet Union and the United States was there. People were building bomb shelters in their basements, for God's sake. But still do. She, they still do. Yeah. She was picking the uh, the petals off of their um, uh, off of her flower there. And as she gets to one, she pulls the last one off. She doesn't say anything. And then you see a nuclear explosion. And it says, don't you wish you voted for whoever was running against Goldwater? I think it was Johnson or whatever. Elect Barry Goldwater. And this is the future you'll have. And of course, it was a different time, right? It was a different time. But the public was scared. The public was was scared at the time. Is That's it why any people, different? Well, it is different now, yes, because it's being done with the modern age and the way that they're doing it. I posted a quote on, uh, on a Telegram page uh, yesterday, and I want to read it. This quote was made by a gentleman. Well, I wouldn't call him a gentleman, but um, this quote was made by a man named Jacques Itali, right? Jacques Itali. And he was born in 1943. He is a French economic and social theorist, a writer, a political advisor, and a senior civil servant who served as a counselor to President Francois Mitterrand in 1981 to 1991 and was head of... Now, listen to this. He was the first head of the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development in 1991 and 1993 after his tenure with Francois Mitterrand. Listen to this quote that he said. The future will be about finding a way to reduce the population. Of course, we will not be able to execute people or build camps. We get rid of them by making them believe it is for their own good. We will find or cause something, a pandemic targeting certain people, a real economic crisis or not, a virus affecting the old or the elderly. It doesn't matter. The weak and the fearful will succumb to it. The stupid will believe in it and ask to be treated. We will have taken care having panned the treatment, a treatment that will be the solution. The selection of idiots will therefore be done by itself. They will go to the slaughterhouse alone. How much of that statement are we seeing today? I would say, uh, is it any different? Again, because the stuff we've seen back then changed the flavor of it. Same thing. It's the same thing. The, the nuclear stuff changed nuclear warfare with healthcare or jobs or, I mean, you just change the flavor. It's the same thing. Same same arguments that's been put forth. You know, your your kids are going to go to war if we elect this one. Anyway, um, yeah, okay. So it's enough about that. The U.S. Congress. Let's switch up. U.S. Congress. They decided they were going to take a hiatus for about six weeks. Yeah, they adjourned. 
they left. But they forgot to do something really important before they left. No, they didn't leave the light on. Yeah, they don't really care about that. The taxpayers are paying for that. Before they decided to hightail it off to parts unknown and go on vacation for six weeks, you might ask, well, what did they do? Well, no, it's not the infrastructure bill, if you're wondering. No, that's not what they did. They didn't pass that, thank God. But they forgot to do something else. This one, I'm sure it's just a minor, you know, they just overlooked it. You know, someone forgot to mention it or whatever, and they just went off. Uh, They forgot to extend the moratorium on mortgages before they left. Uh, Mm -hmm. And those are coming due in about three and a half to four weeks. And they're not going to be back in time. So here's the thing. American households, this is according to the numbers that are out. You're saying it's a lot higher than that. But according to this, you're looking at around 15. Now, this is if the numbers are right. I'm seeing 2 million. Bruce is seeing, do you say 15 million? It says uh, more than 15 million in 6.5 million households. So we'll say 6.5 million households. Okay, yeah, families. I got it. Okay, so 6.5 million households. Uh, They're saying... So 6.5. All right. Okay. So about $50 billion, right? I'm doing the math in my head. About $50 billion in back rent will be due when this thing expires. Do you know what that's going to cause? That's going to cause mass foreclosure on millions and tens of millions of Americans. They're going to lose their home because these people can't decide whether or not they want to wear a mask. Yeah. Did we? I don't think we played any of it when Chip Roy was there lambasting the uh, political elite for- I think I have it. I, I think I have it. Yes, I have the clip of Chip Roy here. Recognize. I thank the gentleman from Pennsylvania. I thank the speaker. Uh, I appreciate what my colleague earlier offered as the uh, the previous question with respect to Title 42, because what we're seeing at the border is an absolute travesty. And yet my colleagues on the other side of the aisle are going to do nothing, literally nothing about that today, even as we see people spilling across the border who are clearly testing positive for COVID. We have a hotel in La Jolla, Texas, that is literally filled right now with individuals who are heavily testing positive for COVID. These are the facts on the ground. And I know my friend, the speaker, knows how bad it is at the border, knows how bad it is in Laredo, knows how bad it is in Del Rio, knows how bad it is in McAllen. I've got a text here from a sheriff in a small Texas town saying, we're passing an emergency declaration tonight at city council that no illegal immigrants can be released in the city of Uvalde per the CDC guidelines of countries on their list without a negative COVID test. And we have had our health authority write orders that give us the authority to have them government, border patrol, and immigrants quarantine for 10 to 14 days. We have a crisis at our border and we're playing footsie with mask mandates in the people's house. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it's absolutely absurd what this body is doing, the people's house. It's an embarrassment. It's a mockery. And the American people are fed up. They want to go back to life. They want to go back to business. They want to go back to school without their children being forced to wear masks, to be put in the corner, to have mental health issues. And we're running around here, and the speaker comes down here at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, we got to wear masks in the people's house while we've got thousands of people pouring across our border and Democrats don't do a darn thing about it, heavily infected with COVID. We have the New York Times, okay, today. What a mess. CDC about to reverse on indoor masking for the vaccinated, quote unquote. This is some serious nanny state stuff that will only breed resentment. No kidding. Consider resentment being magnified right here in the floor of the House of Representatives. We are absolutely sick and tired of it, and so are the American people. This sham of an institution is doing nothing for the American people, nothing for the betterment of the people that send their representatives here. 
I just met this morning with an organization that tries to take care of people from human trafficking. Met with an elected official from Mexico while cartels are raping and pillaging and killing. And we have people infected with COVID coming across our southern border into Texas. And you all put masks, masks up front here, here on the people's house. We got to go around and see, okay, we can't come to the floor. I can't execute my constitutional duty unless I wear a mask. Which is it? Vaccines or masks? Do the vaccines work or they don't work? Do the masks work so they don't work? I'd like to know which it is. I'd like Dr. Fauci to come down and answer a single question about nat- natural immunity. Have you been infected with a virus? Do you have immunity? Or are they just going to go around poking people saying you must take a vaccine? Oh, but sorry, the vaccine doesn't work. You must wear a mask. This institution is a sham and we should adjourn and shut this place down. Yeah. Chairman Yosbeck, gentleman from Pennsylvania Reserve. And you know what? They don't even care. They, they don't even care. They just carry on. No. And um, to that point, uh, Texas decided they were going to take matters into their own hands and said, look, you guys are uh, moving around illegals that are infected. Um, yeah, we're going to we're going to bar you from doing that. Um, now the Fed is suing Texas for doing that, for trying to protect their citizens. For upholding constitutional law, you're not supposed to be shipping in illegals and then bussing them out to different states. That's that's not how this works. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lawsuit now. Lawsuits, masks, va- vaccines, whatever. You know, it's, it's just whatever they can do to just tie you up and cloud the issue. That's all it is. It's their guilt that they're hiding. They're creating the smoke screen by keeping you occupied so you're not looking at them. That's all it is. That's all it is. And in the meantime, while they're running around doing damage control, they're going to kick you out of your house. They're going to take your house from you, right? Because you're going to own nothing and you'll be happy about it. That's actually an interesting side note. But I hadn't really thought about what if this uh, what if COVID was an in, this entire thing? What if it was nothing more than a smokescreen? All of it. It, was. it wasn't part of their main plan. What, what do you mean? It wasn't I mean, part of their main plan. So we, we, we've kind of insinuated that it was kind of part of their main plan in the sense of it destroys businesses. It uh, basically gets you more reliant globally and more reliant on the government and so on and so forth. What if that's just a smokescreen? What if they have something else going on behind the scenes that's far worse than what we're seeing? And this is just to keep you distracted. Well, I th- I think that it's a little of both, to be honest. I mean, we kind of we kind of know what's uh, what's going on behind the scenes, but honestly, I think that this was just a. I, I don't want to say it was a, a it was an accident. The reason I don't want to say it's an accident is because man, the timing of it you couldn't have called it better, right? The timing was too precise. It was too precise. So I don't want to call that an accident. I I, I don't believe in conspiracies, but I also know that there's. No such things as coincidences either. It was accidentally on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it was accidentally released on purpose. I also think that they were working on, and I still believe that they are working on a biological weapons program illegally. And that's the other thing. And you've got everybody else involved with it too. You've got the World Health Organization. You've got the United Nations. You've got the, the National Institutes of Health. You've got the Europeans and, and everybody. Everybody's in on this, right? Everybody's involved with this. You don't just go and and start something like this, like Fauci did, behind the scenes and keep it quiet. You don't do that because you've got these people that work in these labs, these P3 and P4 labs, they're in and out of these labs all over the world, 
Somebody's going to know something. They're publishing these papers and things, these peer-reviewed journals and all the rest of it, that they write to each other. That's how they communicate with each other, by the way, if you haven't figured that out yet. That's how they talk to each other, through white papers. And when you start reading these things, and to be fair, some of them are really difficult to read because these are all a bunch of academics. And they, they hire people, they hire academics to, to come in and write these papers. So like, for example, there's one woman who is doing work for the World Economic Forum, and she was praised for some paper that she wrote about uh, COVID-19 and and testing and lockdowns and everything like that. And she says, well, as much as I would like to take credit for this paper, this is not my paper. Uh, this is a this is a project I'm working on in collaboration with the Rockefeller Foundation. And as soon as she said that, speaking at the World Economic Forum, as soon as she said that, I thought, OK, now we're getting somewhere right now. We're getting somewhere. I think it's a lot of things here. I, I think you're, you're looking at uh, a culmination of things. You're looking at uh, an illegal biological weapons program. You're looking at an attempt to overthrow the United States and the West in general, right? Election of Trump, right? Ele- well, excuse me, fraudulent election of Biden. Um, you're basically, you're defying science. You're empowering the corporations. And believe me, there's only a few of them at this point that are actually taking the lead. The social media companies, the media conglomerates, and the pharma companies. There's only a few. It's not all of big pharma. It's only a few of them. It's the same thing with the social media companies. It's not all of the social media companies. It's only a few of them, just the biggest ones. They think their time is now. But as far as what else is going on, I honestly, I I don't really know. Usually when you look at these things, right, when you look at any kind of totalitarian movement, whatever it is, right, Klaus Schwab, okay, whatever, right, Klaus Schwab is a smokescreen, right? That that guy's a smokescreen. He's a front man. That's all he is. He's a used car salesman. That's what he is. He's just just like Bill de Blasio, if you think about it. He's a front man. He's a used car salesman. Schwab is put there to promote the agenda. Yeah, he's a little bit of a whatever, you know, he's an ideologue and everything. Okay, yeah, fine. Do this, carry this agenda out, and yeah, you can have your whatever you call your great reset. You can dress up in your black robes and, and be a cult leader, whatever you want to do. Fine, right? Just carry this agenda for us. Bill Gates, same thing. Yes, you can do all your foundation stuff and everything behind the scenes. You can work on all these projects. You can be the spokesperson. But he became universally hated around the world simultaneously, didn't he? So they pulled it. You notice you don't see him anymore. If something goes wrong with Fauci, they'll pull him. Fauci's starting to crack. You can see him shaking when Senator Rand Paul talks to him. They'll pull Fauci if they have to. He'll have some gracious retirement. He'll move on, blah, 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 whatever. Schwab, same thing. They'll pull him if they need to. But the bigger issue is, is who's actually running the show? Who, who's actually running the show? Klaus Schwab's just your MC for the evening, as I said last week. Who's running the show? That's what I want to know. I want to know who's I want to know who Schwab's boss is. That's what I want to know. The central banks, of course, have a stake in it. The corporations, yeah, they just want their piece of the pie. Do they really believe in all the woke nonsense? I don't think so. At the top, I don't think so. They promote it. They get on board with it because it's PR. And that's the way they think the wind is blowing because they live in echo chambers of places like the World Economic Forum. The central banks, yes. Tech companies, yes. Media companies, well, we already know what they are, right? They're on self-destruct. Hell, they were on self-destruct before all this. Pharma companies, well... They have enough to keep this thing going for as long as they can. If they can get some advancements going in the in the process, kind of like if you think about it, if you go back to um, what happened during the Second World War was terrible stuff, wasn't it? 
what the Nazis did. Yeah. It was terrible stuff. It was atrocious. I mean, it was some of the some of the most heinous crimes against humanity ever recorded. But yet at the same time, we have medical procedures today because of what they did. We learn things as awful as it is. You know, I once heard somebody describe the uh, the things that happened during the Second World War, all this, all, you know, all the uh, atrocious stuff, right? Everything involving, you know, medical experimentation and everything. That's, by the way, that's why we have the Nuremberg Code today, because of that. We know it under a different name these days. We call it the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, think about it. What's the solution to everything nowadays? At least in America, what's the solution to everything? Take a pill, right? There's always something else, right? So the next thing, what's this going to do? Well, we don't know, but let's try it. It's the same thing, isn't it? Medical experimentation, although it is FDA approved as opposed to these vaccines. But see, there's another player in this, right? There's another player in this. The Chinese Communist Party. That's the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about right there. That's the big deal, right? That, that's, that's the back daddy of them all. That's a player. But I think they're concerned about two things. They're concerned about self-preservation, right? If nothing else, they're concerned about self-preservation. But now they need to expand. See, this is a problem because now they're in a position where they've double-crossed the West. They were never supposed to expand. We were supposed to expand militarily, the West. We were to expand NATO. Why do you think the European Union has been trying to stand up an EU army for the last 10 years? Because it would put them in a direct conflict with Russia. That's why. And the axis of power was supposed to be China is the economic force, the West under NATO, and the UN is the muscle around the world, were to be the military force. That was what it was supposed to be. That was the deal. That was the deal. But see, now China's backtracked on all that, right? They've double-crossed that. No, nope, we're not taking the one-child policy anymore because our demographics are awful. Yes, we're going to expand because, well, you know, we've got to. So this is a do-or-die moment for China. Notice what you're not hearing about in the mainstream media. There is no talk about China. Nothing. There's been nothing. There has been absolutely no talk of China for how long? Over a year, you've heard nothing about China and what's going on in China. Nothing. Everything's your fault, right? Oh, you're not doing this right. You, you've got to do this. We've got to do this. We're going to do this. Oh, but you do that. It's not good enough. In the meantime, as I said over the last few months, how come you never hear about where it came from? It's racist. Yeah. If China doesn't do this, China goes down. If the Western elites that have gone over there and jumped in bed with them and are currently running cover for them... If they don't do this, they go down with them. This is the problem. Now we're in a position where the immovable object is now going to smash in to the unstoppable force. The numbers in the streets are growing. Those are numbers that they really weren't expecting. I think they were expecting maybe a tenth of that. They were expecting some resistance for sure, but they weren't expecting the numbers that they are expecting. The reason they're not expecting that is because they're not talking about it at all. They can't turn the brainwashed masses against those people out there in the streets. They'll stomp them. Won't happen. You hear talk of, well, there's some counter-protests that show up, but you never see those, do you? Do you know why you never see the counter-protests in Europe? Because there'll be 15, 20 people. The banking industry is gone, right? The banking industry's finished. They didn't make the decision after 2008. The banks thought they could continue on with this Ponzi scheme, printing and, and inflating and getting your way out of it. No, that's what central banks have always done. Whenever they get themselves into, a, into an economical crisis, they try to inflate their way out of it. That's why you always see hyperinflation. The problem is now is that you can't hyperinflate your way out of this because the system's broken. The system's bust. There's nothing to back it up with. Now, I'm not an economic expert, but I know people very close to me that are financial advisors, and they've laid all this out for me. There's nothing to back it up with. There's no hard assets anymore. They sold it all out to China. 
they screwed up back in 2008 because they didn't get on board with the emerging market. You see, we've been getting doses of technology over the last 10 years, right? Yeah, we've expanded quite a bit technologically in the last 10 years at the consumer level. Well, there was an unforeseen set of circumstances that emerged out of that. A new marketplace popped up out of the technological era very early on, and it was called cryptocurrencies. No one really knew of it. I mean, hell, I remember when uh, Bitcoin was 10 bucks. I remember I asked a buddy of mine, I said, hey, should I buy a whole bunch of these things? He's like, no, no, don't touch it. No, don't, don't go anywhere near it. It's awful. He and I don't speak anymore. But the fact is, is that the banks didn't get on board with that, right? That's the future. Cryptocurrencies, the blockchain system, privacy, data security, decentralization. That is the future. If you want freedom, that's what, then that's what you're going to want. Right, that right there. You want decentralization. They're the antithesis of decentralization. They are all about centralization and consolidation. That's all they want. So you've been noticing now that the Fed and the European Central Bank and the Chinese Central Bank and all the rest of it, they're, they're saying, oh, no, 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 we can't have Bitcoin. It's bad for the environment. No, we can't do Litecoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum. We can't do it. No, God, no. Those are, those are used by uh, terrorists and, and kidnappers and criminals and, 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 and weapons traffickers and, and drug cartels and all the rest of it, right? And now you're seeing mm -hmm, all of a sudden ransomware attacks. They want Bitcoin. Uh, there's a human trafficking ring that's busted and they've got millions and millions in, in cryptocurrencies. That's to drive the market down so they can do what? So they can introduce their own currency. You see, they screwed up and now they're trying to get in at zero hour and create their own. The whole point of it is, is to get away from them. They're finished. They've led us to this point. The media companies, they're finished. Again, they led us to this point. The pharma companies, hell, they're destroying everything we've known about science and medicine for time immemorial. So all that has to be rebuilt now. The system is coming apart at the seams. We're about to lose control of civil society and things are going to start to break down. So in the meantime, they're trying to take down as much as they can. You know, you said that there's a larger thing going on, possibly behind the scenes. Maybe it's a bigger smokescreen. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that you and I have talked privately about the larger, longer game of this. Let's go back to 9-11. Now, I'm not one of these 9-11 conspiracy theory, whatever, right? I just happen to look at the chain of events, okay? That's all I'm going to say. People can believe whatever they want. Do your own research. But what did that do? What did 9-11 do? We'll just start from there. You can go back further than that, but let's just start right there because in, in modern times and people that are listening to us, everybody knows that. That was a, uh, an inflection point for our time in history. We had the war on terror, didn't we? We had Colin Powell up there showing aluminum tubes and a, and, a, uh, and a vial of sugar, probably, which is what it was, I think. Calling it anthrax and, and everything else. Got nothing out of it. Or did we? Patriot Act. Yeah, but that was the thing. You got the Patriot Act. You got the Department of Homeland Security. Everybody transitioned into that umbrella. So now you've got, what, 16 agencies underneath DHS and more under DOD, I think. You've got over a million contractors. Hell, I think there's uh, even two or three million contractors now. We have more contractors than we do soldiers. Endless wars in the Middle East. What did we do in the Middle East? Not only under Bush, but under Obama too. Well, it's an inconvenient fact, but hey, what did we do? Well, we knocked out Saddam Hussein, right? We knocked out Hosni Mubarak. Anybody remember the Arab Spring? We knocked out Hosni, Hosni Mubarak in Egypt, Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. And you say, okay, what's that got to do with what you're talking about now? Think about it. Just think about it. Each one of those guys, Saddam Hussein wanted to sell his oil to the world in euros, not dollars. Muammar Gaddafi, same thing. Wanted to sell his oil to the world in euros, not dollars. Gold. And gold, yes. Yeah. For those that don't know, commodities are traded around the world in dollars. 
were the world reserve currency. If we weren't the world reserve currency right now, we'd be Argentina with the inflation. Hosni Mubarak, friend to the US, ally to the US. Arab Spring started in Egypt, right? We got rid of all these leaders in these countries. And what were they doing? They were keeping those nations, whether you agree with them or not, they were keeping those nations stable. But at the same time, they were also not people that would have gone along with this great reset, are they? I don't see Saddam Hussein going along with Klaus Schwab and his gang of thieves down there in Switzerland. I don't see Muammar Gaddafi going along with that. I wouldn't have seen Hosni Mubarak going along with that. So what I'm saying is, is that everybody that was against that agenda, right, the agenda we're seeing now, has been gotten rid of before, many, many years before. They tried to get rid of Assad. They're still trying to get rid of Assad, but that never worked. Do you find it kind of strange that every single nation around Iran is flooded? Nearly. But Iran is experiencing record droughts. What's that causing? That's causing the populace in or the population in Iran to now rebel against the mullahs. Khamenei the dictator, Khamenei the terrorist, Khamenei the killer is what's being chanted in Tehran. He's another guy that wouldn't go along with this. So I don't know. You're talking about a smoke screen. I mean, I'm, I'm giving you the biggest smoke screen over a period of 20 years here. So, um, I mean, how much bigger of a smoke screen do you want? That's the best I can come up with. Well, yeah, but uh, as you were saying, what what did that smokescreen get us? You know, I mean, uh, other than Patriot Act, you know, more uh, government overreach, uh, NSA, it also got us, um, uh, as you said, contractors. There's a ton of contractors out there now and a lot of uh, money for those weapons manufacturers, contractors, you know, all them. They, they get, and it just so happens that politicians, the uh, revolving door that we have with politics and, well, corporations, uh, it, it's helped solidify that. I'll tell you what, we can go ahead and call that one done. As I said, we really didn't have a whole lot today, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still perplexed at how many people have been sucked in by this propaganda. That's where we started tonight. And that's, um, that's, going to be one of the biggest things. And maybe, maybe that's going to be, and I, I've heard people talk about it in a lot of these books that they've released and, and things since all this started. And they, they all seem to say the same thing. What in the world are historians going to be able to write about during this time when it came to people making these kinds of decisions? How on earth are you going to be able to explain that in a history book? For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. However, however, this week we will not be doing an exclusive, so uh, we'll have to push that back to next week. Uh, also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.